Welcome to Blue Collar Mystics, the under-the-hood approach to the depths of human consciousness. So many mysteries, so little time, so many big words. That's why we aim to take the mystical and make it practical, usable in your everyday life. And you know, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your story. What happened when you started asking yourself the real questions? Like, who am I? What is this? Is it a hologram? Is this some kind of weird cosmic joke? Hey, these are the questions that we are trying to get to the bottom of as we explore the final rabbit hole together here as Blue Collar Mystics. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Transurfing Safari series. This is installment number six, The Alternatives Flow, and I am joined live by the one and only Abby Johnson. Welcome, Abby. Thank you. <laughs> Good to be here. Yes. Oh, look, Wendy Olson is on time. This is another reality, 100%. <laughs> we have jumped into some bizarre, uh, bizarre world where Wendy is on time. So happy that you're here. Laura, what's up? Um, everybody who's watching and hanging out, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Abby and I were just having a spirited debate about my smiley face hat. <laughs> because apparently it looks like it has a droopy eye or a bloody eye or something. And I drew a tear on a smiley face hat. That's called art. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's smiling. transmutation. Yes, I, <laughs> have, I thought I was in a bad symbol. I have transformed this hat and from yes. a regular standard smiley face to a smiley face with one tear who's killed a man. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, I mean, the smiley face is too smiley. It's got to have some, you got to have some mix. That's what, you know, that's what art is, right? Wendy's an Balance. expert on this. Maybe she can chime in. I don't know. I think... I think it would look good. I just took a black pen and I was just messing around and I just took a black pen and then drew a little tear on there, but it does look kind of droopy. If you're not, if you can't zoom in close, then it you can't see. It looks like a bloody see. eye. So I'm thinking like, you know, the whole like left eye symbolism and all that. Oh, so nah, I just thought nah, it was. Dude. It's not that. No, it's not a patch. It's not good. any anything like that. It, I want to get it made up where you can clearly see that it's a tear. I just think it's smudged a little because of the ink that I used. But you know, because it's a gas. Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even I couldn't even use a sharpie. Like a sharpie would have been too thick. You would it would have been oh, even yeah. smudgier, you know. 
But anyway, whatever. I don't have the hat on. I'm, I'm rocking my just full-blown Republican hairdo. You know, I guess that's that's where I'm at now. You know, I'm just going to do that. I thought that was the comb over. <laughs> <laughs> or, or is that only if you're orange? I don't know. Yeah, I guess that is. Yeah. Either way, it's, yeah, it's not much hair. Yeah. Was a, <laughs> this was voted the most popular hairstyle on uh, Truth Social. Like, <laughs> like uh, <clears throat> that's that's where we're at. No. Um, yeah. I'm excited. I really like this chapter. I, it inspired me um, to make a video that's coming out on Thursday. I think it's one of the best I've ever put out because we're thinking and talking a lot about this idea of the Russell of the morning stars in this particular chapter. He kind of hones in on it and we're talking about sort of the flow of alternatives and how things materialize in the world, which is pretty trippy and very abstract, like right up your alley, I would think. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah this chapter really started, I mean, because it seems like you get all the bad news and the rules like out of the way at first. And so you're like, uh, what, what more, right? So this is where it starts to get really good. It's like the heart of it all because we've had to deal with the mind pretty much, I would say up until this point where you have to see the patterns and stuff and recognize them. And we're finally getting to a spot where, where it gets fun. I feel like the next two chapters, cause the next one's really kind of way up my alley, but yeah. I love this. Look, I don't think I under, I never understood the Russell of the morning stars as well as I do today in this moment. So that's cool. You want to share your insight with us? Like what particularly kind of stood out for you? Um, I guess I, he talks about it, you know, like listening to the rustle of the morning stars. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? Like morning stars rustling, right? Like the, it's like leaves rustle, but, mm -hmm. um, it's really comes down to, we are all so mind central because the way that we're trained from infancy, you know, the way we're taught to categorize everything and, um, and put labels on stuff, you know, fit it into to certain boxes and certain checklists. And and because we do that, we don't listen to our heart at all. And our heart doesn't have language to speak to us. It doesn't like have actual words to say, hey, this is not what I want. This is not cool. And our heart is actually able to see things that we aren't able to see in the space of alternatives. It sees like the best possible outcome for you. It sees when something is the worst possible outcome for you but we are so trained not to listen to it. And so the Russell of the morning stars is learning how to listen to your heart again, to which really will guide you. And it's kind of goes back to the whole Carlos Castaneda of it all, because Don Juan says that when you always, when you have a fork in the road, always choose the path with heart. And if it doesn't have heart, then it's not for you. Don't do it. Yeah. And I think the heart really is the primary thing to be paying attention to, right? Like our mind, like you said, you know, it's categorizing things, it's filing things away and organizing and trying to recognize patterns and all these types of things. And it, if we're not careful, it will take the lead, but I don't think it's supposed to be in charge. Um, <clears throat> I actually, I meant to pull my deck 
Um, but instead I forgot. So let me just share the screen. Um, this, this chapter really reminds me of this particular tarot card. Um, <clears throat> and I'll explain why, um, you know, we're talking about the heart. He talks about how it's connected to all that is in infinity. It can't speak. It can feel, and it can know. And so the mind, the mind speaks and it thinks, and it does all that quite well. And it's very connected to our external reality. But, um, this particular card, uh, if you look at it, the female is gazing up at the goddess, the God, the ethereal, the angel, infinity, the alternative space uh, representative. It's connected directly to all the, all the. The divine. Yeah, the divine. There you go. I like that. And then or the infinite, you can see that she is looking directly at that. That's representative of the heart. And then the mind is the male who it can't see this. It can't connect directly to the divine. It can't connect directly to the alternative space or whatever we want to call it, but it can pay attention to her. It can pay attention to the heart. And that's what this card really represents as the masculine keying off the feminine, paying attention to the feminine. And that's really what the Russell of the morning stars is uh, kind of referring to. And one of the things that I've been doing a lot lately is, uh, is meditation. I know in transserving, one of the great things that he says is like, it doesn't require a whole lot of meditation, you know, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't require that. And there are a lot of ways to stop that chatter and calm the mind down, whatever you can pick out your way, whatever works for your credo, for your value system. It doesn't matter. It could be a walk. It could be driving. It could be, you know, a long shower. It could be, um, all kinds of different things. Um, <clears throat> so what really we need to focus on is creating space. Right, like the artist way is a good example of this. She says that there's two things kind of going on. We're broadcasting and receiving. And so much we're receiving in the mind all the time, right? Like we're watching a YouTube video, we're listening to a podcast, we're listening to an audiobook. I'm, I'll just I'm, I'm talking, I'm saying the royal we. I'm talking about myself. But like, you know, I've always got this, I've got so much input coming in. I'm learning this, I'm learning that, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and it's like when we stop paying attention to all this out here, then that opens up space for that masculine mind to pay attention to the feminine, which is connected to the divine. And, you know, the video that I made that I, it will come out on Thursday. I do think it's one of the best I've ever done. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. Um, in my opinion, I'm excited because like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a lot of, this is my opinion. Like a lot of people ask me, what have you done? You know, blah, blah, blah. So I share a little bit about that, but really the thing that kind of rings true to me is that anything that I've ever done that has been successful has been an intuitive 
Russell, the morning stars. It's never been, Hey dude, you should do this. Somebody's advice. It's never been some in the box program that somebody sold me. It's never been some book that I read or some, you know, here, copy my, uh, my formula for making six figures or whatever, right? Like none of those things have ever been successful. They've never landed. They've never connected ever. Not once, but everything that I've ever pursued from my heart, from the voice within, it usually lands. Right. And, the, and, the, and there's nuance to that. And I talk about that a little bit, but because, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't tweak things. It doesn't mean you can't improve processes and learn things from books. That's not the point. And the point is like not to not read books, but like the, the real is that logic doesn't always give you the best outcome. Yeah. Well, the so point you is can that logic, anything like you can sit there and, and rationalize why something is the best option. And sometimes it just doesn't sit right. It doesn't matter that you know that it's probably the best bet. If it doesn't sit right, that is the Russell of the Morning Stars telling you that your higher self is viewing the space of alternatives and sees that this is a bad idea and you should mm. listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And those, any of the ideas that connect that land and Wendy, if you're in here, I hope you'll chime in if you're if you're hanging out on the stream because i would love to hear your analysis of this um that is coming from within it's an internal thing like that's the where the spark comes from sure you you, you know you can learn technicality and become better at whatever your art form is but the concept itself the idea itself you know no one told me to create this audio book or to start this youtube channel or to no one did not a single person and there's countless gurus out there who are selling, hey, copy my process and do this, this, and this. And it's like, you can learn from the, the tweaks and the nuances that they make. But if you take their process and you replicate their process, you're a parody. That's what a parody is. And so now you've created a, a parody and it won't have the same life, not even close to what it would if it was your initial prompt from within. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. So it really just takes shutting off your mind and allowing your heart to speak and tell you the answer. So if you are at a crossroads and you have a decision to make, it comes down to like the, the best thing to do literally is to just shut your mind off. You can know all the things. It's okay to, you know, pro and con it all you want, but then shut it off and allow your brain to just stop and then ask your heart, does this feel like the right choice? And if you don't get a clear answer, then you need, he says, instruct your inner guardian. Like, yep. hey, I need to know or, or clarify the question and ask again. And if you have to sit there and talk yourself into a yes, then the answer is no. Yeah. So and then ask yourself the alternative. If it doesn't work out this way, if, if the worst case happens or something, are you OK with that? And or, you know, if things turn out wrong, or, you know, it'll there is no wrong. Like your heart knows the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it Probably does up a little bit. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no, that's it. That's definitely it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, Wendy's saying, uh, finding a way to get into the zone when you're authentically yourself, you'll get hints, you know, um, she says, listen to yourself. What do you like? What do you want to feel? 
if you leave some space for silence, create opportunities for things to happen, you'll go in the right direction. It makes me think of um, the Rick Rubin book, The Creative Act. Uh, he, he did an amazing job with that book, in my opinion, um, and just outlining the sort of creative process because it definitely follows this <clears throat> and these ideas. Um, yeah, I'm, nothing. So one of the things that he says in the book is that everything with soul made with soul is very expensive. And in my opinion, that's one of the most powerful quotes in the book that you could meditate on that for a week. You know, what does that mean? Expensive, how expensive to who, right? Like there's a lot of questions to ask through that. And what I think I am kind of understanding is that whenever, whenever we do something that is truly unique and authentic, it is going to resonate in a completely different way than someone who did the exact same steps in the same order and followed the same process because it just isn't, it didn't originate there. It didn't come from that Russell of the morning stars. So it doesn't have the soul. It's just window dressing at that point. It doesn't have that power, that connectivity, that something that truly authentic does. To me, that's genius. <clears throat> and I think genius what is comes genius because it's channeled, it's channeled directly from the alternative space because the brain can't access it, the heart can. So if it doesn't have heart, you are just carbon copying somebody else. But there's nothing new, like there's nothing new. You can't make, like he says, you can't make a new house. Like, like you can, but it's going to be with old bricks. Like everything is already there. All the tools and all the things already exist. You're just trying to find that location in the space of alternatives. So in order to do that, you have to be guided by your heart or it gets getting into the flows of it all. If you're not guided by your heart, you're basically choosing with your mind to to fight the flow. So maybe we should get into the flow. The yeah. alternative flow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what's interesting about this is as we're navigating these things and we're trying to get to our goal, there are many streams of what he calls cause and effect chains or causal links that are happening and possible in the flow. And so the most likely ones that will light up are the, are basically the closest to the reality that we inhabit now. And so as we move, we need to basically use our, uh, our intuition, our heart, as well as our mind in order to be able to interpret the signs and symbols as we move forward, because the way that our brain sort of uh, will make a map or a probability sort of assumption of how things should go is almost never. And um, I would say even definitely never <laughs> the way anything shakes out. It's like your mind has this linear progression of like, oh, well, if I do this then that'll lead to this and then this thing will happen and then this thing will happen over here and so on. And then I'll get the thing that I want. Well, when one thing goes wrong in that chain to what your mind expects, now you lose all hope and you give up 
and you don't uh, think you can get the thing anymore. You think it's broken. You think it's messed up. But the, the amount of variables. There starts reality, a induced transition or a downward spiral. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. And that'll that'll turn you. Uh, which, you know, I'll, I'll say real quick too, we did not do a episode specifically on the induced transition. Um, we did the wave of fortune and it, they're, they're reciprocal. They're opera opposites. Yeah. Of each other. And one of the things that I want to say to anybody, especially if they think that they're in an induced transition is maybe you're not in an induced transition consider for a second that you're actually not in an induced transition because as soon as you take that bait, you you're, you're going toward that. We want to focus on positive things. We want to focus on the, the things that are going well, right. And that wave of success chapter, any inkling of a positive event, anything that comes out from a situation that we have, regardless of the situation that can be, a silver lining or a, a golden thread or uh, anything positive. We want to highlight that. So highlighting the negative, that's what the induced transition is. So if you think you're in an induced transition, I challenge you to, to reconsider because the surest way to get into an induced transition is to think that you are in one. And I'll use an example really quickly from another book. That's really good. I, I strongly recommend a, a couple of books by this gentleman named Trevor Mawad. He wrote two, one called It Takes What It Takes, and the other is called Thinking Neutral. And he's talking a lot about athletes. He was a men mental coach for Russell Wilson and many other very elite, high, top-tier athletes. And what would happen would be, like, let's say that Russell Wilson's in the bottom of the fourth quarter. He's had the worst game of his life, and this is based on a, a, true, a true story that that happened to him where he's in like, and he's just having a terrible game. Now he could say, well, it's just not my day. It's just, I'm just having a bad day and then go out there and basically give up on the rest of the game. Or he can say, well, I'm going to take this snap and I'm going to throw the ball the best that I can each, you know, each, each opportunity that I get, regardless of what just happened and regardless of what's happened for the past three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, find a way to win the game, even on a bad day. So I just want to, I want to encourage anybody who, you know, uh, who is in a position that's difficult, you know, bad things happen to all of us. No one escapes death. No one escapes tragedy. Weird things happen. Don't blame yourself for it. And instead of thinking that you might be, you know, getting sucked into a, a negativity whirlpool, consider for a second that, yeah, things are going wild and crazy, but, you know, just stay in there and, and continue uh, to think neutrally or, or, or positively even better. Well, and as this relates to, you know, the alternatives flow, you're catching a flow. So you're thinking of it as a river, you know, or a stream and every, every possible lifeline and everything like that's leading to your goal. And there's a lot of alternates. There's a lot of little splits that you can take to get there, or that might not take you there, you know? And it's up to you to find that, you know, to follow the signs and stuff. But each one of those is a chain of, and it, like a chain with links in it. And each one of those is an event. They're cause and effects. And you see cause and effect play out in your life. So what I've learned through practicing chains through the patience of the Medici, which is not this topic right now, is that 
But regardless, these this system called the Patients of the Medici taught me about chains of cause and effect and that the bad things, like the things that would be considered, you know, like a bad part of your day have to happen in a certain order for them to, I mean, those events also have to happen as well as the good events, the little good events too, like to balance out, to take you to that desired outcome. Every little thing that you might perceive as bad might be a link in your chain to get you to that effect. It yeah. might be one of the causes to get you there. So that is also something to consider. So now when I see things, I see them as playing cards. <laughs> That's a cool. That's yeah. That If people aren't familiar with that analogy, uh, the patience of Magici is fascinating. Um, yeah. And also I'm making video sometime. Yeah. <laughs> this week. Yeah. It's gotta okay. Be this week. okay, cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, well, I guess we'll go into that another time. I don't want to get too off topic, but yeah, like, or even no. jump, jumping into Tufty even, right? Like advantage, right? Like she says that we're snails. Yeah. And this is a good example of this because you've got all of these circumstances that keep, sorry, I got to sneeze. Now I can't. <laughs> so of course, but you've got all these, all these things that need to happen. And you see the one thing happen and then the next thing happen and then the next thing happen and the next thing happen and you think oh this thing is good oh this thing is bad oh this thing is good oh this thing is bad but to your point you know this is all part of an unfolding where this circum this specific circumstance the specific situation feels bad this specific one feels good like it's going toward you but if you could zoom out and over and see everything that's happening from like a higher perspective, then you would see where it's all leading to. And so then you don't get tripped up nearly as easily uh, when the one bad thing happens that's seemingly bad. And then you, um, you know, you're able to have some perspective and not be what she calls a snail. So the snail just reacts to each situation. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's good. I'm going to open my shell. Oh, that's bad. I'm going to close my shell. Oh, that's good. I'm going to open my shell. Right. And like, that's how most of us operate, to be fair. Like, I don't care how woke or awake or whatever you want to call it. You are like, that's our tendency. That's how society has programmed us to basically be at all, at all moments. So we have to remember to stay awake and conscious in order to navigate those little um, variations in the flow. And he says there are many different flows. I see this like a river very much, you know, like as a, as a raft guide myself, like that is my analogy. And it's like, you can't fight the current, but you also don't want the current to just take you to some random place. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause then you're going to wind up in a terrible spot. <clears throat> yeah. So that's what he calls the needy. There's like, there's three ways to not do it. The needy, the indignant and the fighter. Mm -hmm. So the needy is just like a victim. They're like, Oh, like, well, actually, I don't know. They're just the one who's like not willing to do anything. They just, they need things and they're just going with the flow of the current, but they're like a paper boat. So they're not controlling anything. They're not making any decisions. They're not trying to like fix their life in any way. And then the indignant is sitting there feeling like a victim and getting angry about it and being mad, but they're still like a paper boat 
like trying to fight the current and not getting anywhere. And then there's the fighter. Actually, the fighter goes upstream. He's trying to go upstream in the paper boat and he's using all his energy to do that. So the really the thing is to go with the flow. You choose your choice, you choose and then go with the flow and you do the links in the chain. You don't just wait for it to happen. But if I'm at the helm and navigating the boat, then I can see when things are coming up that that shouldn't that I need to be wary of, that I need to be careful of, that are going to take me off the lifeline and off the trajectory to my my path. So fighting it isn't going to help you any more than just going with the flow without trying to steer your ship. Right, right. Your, your raft. Yeah, yeah. Well, the rafting thing, that's just like to me we used to have a saying in West Virginia is like the best raft guide is the fattest raft guide. Cause they're back there. They're doing the least amount of work. You know what I mean? Like they just know how to use the current and to turn their boat. Cause you don't, you won't even have to, you know, use very much might. If you're fighting and you're paddling so hard to try to get to where you're trying to go, you're wearing yourself out and you know, you got to get around this rock. But if you turn your boat like this, then this current that's over here will pull your boat to over here and then you don't have to kill yourself trying to get around a, a rock or some sort of an obstacle that's in the river. So it's like the people who know how to maximize their energy, they're not killing themselves in the back of the boat. They're just like, oh, I'll just turn my boat like this and then this current will pull me over here. And then I'll turn my boat like this and then the, this other current will pull me to here. And that's <clears throat> mastery from the back of the raft. And to me, like, that's just how I see yeah. the alternatives flow. Very much the same. Because there's several different currents. All well, I see it in terms of, I see it in terms of like the, the flow of diamonds, the flow of hearts. You know, I see it like that as well. I could see the different like flows as far as um, money is a flow, you know, emotions are a flow, work and home life is a flow, and then um, force and willpower is a flow. So I see it kind of like that too. So I could see how it's both, but yeah, I see how yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. And there's another example here in the chat, like the headlights analogy. You only need to see and go with what's right ahead within your headlights view, right? Like, that's the old saying is like, you know, you want to drive from Houston to New York, but you don't need headlights that reach all the way to New York. You just need headlights that reach 20 feet in front of you so that you don't, you know, so that you can see where to go next. And there's tons, you know, of the destination options. you're choosing where to go, but you don't have to focus on anything, but what's right in front of you. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, it's really easy for our minds to get ahead of ourselves, right? Like we want to have everything figured out. The mind wants such security, you know, but it's just not able to predict what is going to happen. And he does talk about uh, people who are able to see directly into the space of alternatives at the beginning of the chapter. And I know a couple of people like that, but he says that most of us can only really perceive the reverberance. We can't look directly into the alternative space. Yeah. But he does get into like astrology and, um, and clairvoyance because there is, you can't deny that there's patterns there and it exists in the space of alternatives as, as a reality. So because it's there, 
it exists here. But it doesn't mean that you have to place, you put the value in it still. Like you can notice the patterns and stuff, but you decide if that's like, if your horoscope says you're going to have a bad day, if that's going to make you have a bad day or not. Exactly. It's still ultimately up to you. So if it's not good for you because you can't shut that off, then you probably shouldn't look into it. You shouldn't get a psychic reading if it's going to do the, uh, if it's not going to say what you want it to say, if it's going to be maybe the opposite and right. and it's going to bother you. A hundred percent. Back to the idea of the induced transition thing, right? Like if you've been like, well, I'm in one. Well, guess what? You are now, you know? So that's yeah. why I say I challenge you not to, um, you know, not to, not to think that way. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's going to be, yeah, there's just going to be challenges. And my heart goes out to anybody who's dealing with some horrible shit. You know, our family has been through some stuff <clears throat> within the past couple of years. That's been just tragic and sad, you know, and I'm, it's a downer, not something that you want to bring up at a, you know, <laughs> a party or something, but, yeah. but we, but we all do, but we all do. And that's just part of life. You know, it's like for some reason, you know, people think that they get into spirituality, then all of a sudden everything's going to go perfectly and they're going to shortcut processes that take years and do, you know, something within those years that takes, you know, and they'll do it in months or something. And it's like, you mean you can't do that? I'm not saying that you can't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say that you can't. That's not what I'm I mean, saying. But from my perspective, I'm not allowed to spiritually bypass. <laughs> well, I just mean from my perspective, like this tools of spirituality is not, is not like a, um, a magic trick to, not have to actually learn a skill. You know what I'm saying? Like it will help right. you to learn the skill. It will teach you to be more present. You'll pick up more. You might be able to learn it faster, but like by how much, like check your expectations. If you know, if you're learning to play tennis, you're not, you know, or whatever it is, right? Like it's going to take you the same amount of time to master any skill that anybody else it takes for the most part, maybe you can get it done a little quicker, whatever. But I really think the idea of spirituality, what will help you the idea of presence, patience, you know, being able to enjoy the process, you know, these types of things, less, less my Oompa Loompa now more. This is amazing. And I'm grateful to experience it. You know, you absorb more, you engage more, you get literally more out of it by being present instead of trying to shortcut the process and skip, uh, you know, all the steps, if that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. But isn't that the point of transurfing? It's, a, it's to kind of, it's not to bypass, but it's to learn the shortcut because sometimes the hardest, because really the point of this chapter is that the mind wants to rationalize and make like almost the hardest way, the solution. And the, usually the simplest way is the best solution. Like the very easiest thing is the way that you should do it. And your yeah. heart will probably get behind it. Cause if you asked for the wrestle of the morning stars, it's going to tell you that that's the way you should go. Because the more complicated you make anything, the more of your energy you're using up and the more you're likely you're going to get like, swept off that flow by a pendulum sure yeah no absolutely it's um it, and it is it is about um getting to what it is that you want in the shortest amount of time uh 
But again, like you're going to have, and we'll talk about this later with the, you have to take the fortress by lengthy siege uh, idea whenever your mind just is so impatient and it can't endure the process. You know what I mean? Like we get to the point where we, we don't want to allow things to play out in the flow. We're fighting, you know, in that flow to try to make something happen by being impatient and not necessarily being willing to allow things to develop. So I think it's, it's both really, you know, like you're, it is the simple way, but sometimes a simple way, you know, you still have to put time in, you still have to like, for instance, right? Like you're not just going to magically know how to go and change an air filter in, in your car, you know, just because like, you just, I, I don't know. You're good. I would recommend, I would recommend, you know, learning how to use uh, some ratchets. You know what I'm saying? Like learning how to, how, uh, how a car works, you know, how an engine works. It's like, you don't just skip that part. And then all of a sudden, you know, just magically fix your tractor or something. Um, you know, there, there are processes that you have to learn that are in place and, spirituality doesn't make it to where you just get to close your eyes and you know, you're, you can just do whatever. I mean, I'm not saying miracles don't happen, but you know, it just, I feel like a lot of people have unrealistic expectations with this stuff. They just, they, they want to see an immediate result and like taking a magic pill and they're going through the matrix and learning Kung Fu in three hours. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's not, I feel like it's pretty magic. I do feel like it happens fast though. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like it's dream. Okay. Which this isn't the dreaming week. It's not like dream quick, you know, where you manifest instantly, but it's pretty fast when you realize how it all works and you know, the games to play. And I mean, I'm not saying that you don't, you can bypass the process, but you can definitely fast track it. And I mean, shoot with bodybuilding, what I did to my body in less than two years time is pretty phenomenal. It's incredible. I went and competed on a national stage and I didn't do bad at all. I actually did pretty damn good for my very first national show. So, Hell yeah. so I'm, I'm you also saying, like, you also went to the gym every I day. That. That's I my did. point. I did. You went to the gym. But you could go to the gym every day and not be ready for a national show, though. A hundred percent. Just saying, I transferred it. A hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. I there. see people go to the gym every day and they ain't got it. My yeah. Well, of course. I made yeah. it. I made There's, it happen. Well, because yeah. I chose that reality. Of course, one hundred percent. And you did the things that you mm-hmm. needed to do in order to actually create that reality you didn't say i'm going to be a bodybuilder and then sit in a lazy boy and eat cheetos for two years because that's what i'm talking about like that's the mentality that we're my cheat meal yeah (laughs) oh yeah you gotta put in the work a little bit like you ain't gotta i'm gonna say you do get a but i can tell you i shaved a lot of time of course transurfing shaved a lot of time yeah 100 percent. i'm not saying that it can't shave time. My my point is that people just think it's some magic thing where you don't have to do anything. And then all of a sudden you're going to just get results. You just, yeah, 
wiggle your nose. It's like, dude, it's know. a chain of cause and effect. Still, you have to watch the link play out. You have to watch the chain play out. Yeah, and you have to choose the film. You have to take. Yeah, and you have to take. You have to take those steps. You know, you have to actually take those steps. But you do that by following the signs in the flow. So let's talk a little bit about the signs. Yeah, I like the science chapter or part of this chapter. It's pretty because we all know when something feels like a sign or an omen and you don't always know what they mean, but it's telling you that, you know, if it's good or bad, you if it feels like a sign, it's a sign for you. But good or bad, and, and sometimes they're not either good or bad. It's just telling you that you're shifting timelines, which is kind of cool when you think about that. Another, I see it as like um, on a film when you see the little cigarette burn up in the top when it tells the people at, at a movie, at the movie theater to switch the film roles. It's when you see a sign or an omen, it's telling you that the film role is switching. You're switching to another storyline in the alternative space. Yeah, it's a, like a marker. Yeah. Or a prompt. And everyone has your own, you know, you have your own signs, right? Like he talks about different omens in the book. He's like, you know, it's kind of a universal bad omen for like a black cat to cross your path, but it's like a good omen, you know? Uh, I don't know. I can't think of any good omens, <laughs> but there are good and bad ones that we kind of accept socially. Yeah. And he said that they're, they're there because it, it is an observation over time with a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. So that's why those exist. But the person who's not superstitious isn't affected by any of it. Right. So it is what you give to it. So if you hold a lot of value in those, those signs and omens, then it is a sign and omen for you. <laughs> exactly. But that could also be you inducing your own transition. So. Yeah. And 100%. Well, I mean, the same, like, I think the same is true with like a lot of things, even up to and including like astrology or like your horoscope, like you were saying earlier, right? Where you're like, yeah. well, my horoscope says this. So then you actually, with your reticular activation system, Mercury's in retrograde. About, right, exactly. We're like, well, I guess, you know, this is what, how it's got to be. And then you actively create that reality because you're looking for it. You're actively looking for those particular uh, things to play out in a certain way, right? Like the person who's the victim all the time, everything that happens to him. I actually saw a homeless guy uh, last night who was running around uh, downtown and he was basically just narrating everything that was happening to him. And he was screaming it in a very negative and nasty <laughs> way. And I looked at my friend and I go, you know, like, I believe that that person could be any, anyone. I, I don't have any uh, negative, I don't have any negative like uh, idea ideas of, of them or, or any of that. Like who knows what could have happened to him to put him on this transpired path. to make him the way he is. Yeah. Right. But what it seemed like to me in the time was that he is just narrating his entire existence from a victimhood mentality this is happening to me right now. I'm walking around and it's cold, you know, like literally like he's just narrating all the negative things from that thing and yelling it out. So probably that's in my mind, probably that starts out as a thought process and then it becomes externalized through his actual vocal cords. 
right? And then this, he's creating this reality more and more. Again, I don't know what caused it to happen in the first place, but he's creating it more and more and then just hammering down on that reality over and over and over and over and over again, you know? And that's confirmation. Bias. Yeah, not even realize that he's creating his circumstances just by saying it out loud. Right. Yeah, just he's, by thinking it and saying it out loud. Right, even more and more. So again, don't know what got him on the path, but like he's certainly reinforcing it every single moment over and over and over again and putting himself on a worse and worse timeline. Of course, we're in the same place, but the reality that he is ex experiencing is far different from the one that I was having uh, an experience of. And yeah, a lot of compassion, empathy and sympathy for that. But I see it now, you know, and I don't know that I would have seen that without the inside of the book. Right. Like, so yeah. So those signs are largely self, um, uh, self-realized right like it's like you can interpret anything as a good sign or a bad sign that's totally up to you um however there are definitely some clear signs that are going to basically kind of show you uh options where you can go one way or another uh based on certain certain signs. And I know it's very hard to read the signs. I've had a lot of friends who have had very clear signs at times, but unfortunately not known how to read those signs and put them into practice in time in order to get the result that they wanted. They were getting the sign, but they weren't able to act on the sign in time or interpret it correctly in order to act on it to get to the thing that they wanted to fulfill that particular part of their goal, which that just comes with See, practice. That comes back around to not being able to hear the rustle of the morning stars because that's basically what he's trying to tell you is that, you know, ahead of time, what it means and what it's, what it's trying to warn you of. It's your heart, like showing you those, telling you to pay attention to that particular sign. Because it might literally just be a sign or a truck driving by that has a message that's specifically for you or a person saying, like, the person could be totally bitching you out. And then all of a sudden they stop and like, you're, you're barely listening. But then they stop and say, you know, you need to do this. And you know, it's something random. And it's just something. Well, let me give you an example. So I was actually um, kind of got into it with my bodybuilding coach. And I felt like I was probably going to let him go. And my husband never knew the guy's last name. Okay. My coach's last name. And I'm going to give a fake name. And he was like, so all the, but it was an obscure last name. It's not a common last name at all. And my husband was looking down at his, at his phone, like doing fantasy sports. And he said something about like, like Peterson is out. And, and it, it wasn't as common as Peterson. And I looked at him and I go, like, how did you know his last name? My coach's last name. And he goes, well, I, I didn't, I, I'm talking about my fantasy sports and I'm going, no, that's literally his last name. That was a sign 
that I was right when I decided I wanted to let my coach go, that I wanted to no longer work with him. That was my sign that, yep, he's out. It's time to find a new coach. It was literal confirmation from the universe. Yeah. Uh, things like that all the time. Right. And one of the things that he says is don't take direct advice as a sign. It's, it's not it's something overheard. You could hear like that as a sign, but if someone overtly says something, that's not, that's not a sign. No. <sighs> Laura asks. No, it's uh, when the one little word, one, the one sentence just stands out and you know, right. And it's so blatant and so clear. I had one the other day. I will not share, but I'll share off air. Uh, <laughs> would, you, <laughs> would you consider signs and sinks part of outer intention? Outer I would intention? say it, I would say it can be. Um, it can be. Uh, we haven't gotten into outer intention quite yet, but. Um, I would say the outer intention is really about uh, connecting something that you want with something that other people want. And it's kind of like a win, win, win. So signs and sinks, I think are going to lead you to with outer intention toward fulfilling outer intention. Um, but outer intention itself to me is, is, is like a, a mix of, um, of, of a mutually beneficial, um, product service arrangement, relationship, um, experience, etc. something like that. And I think that, um, the signs and the sinks are leading you to outer intention or, yeah, I guess in that way, it's sort of part of an out part of outer intention. Um, it's definitely, they're definitely connected. Um, that's how I see it. I don't know. What do you think? Thoughts? Well, yeah, because it's kind of, it's showing you that you're shifting timelines, right? You're shifting flows, but it might be close to the one you're on or, well, it's going to be close to the one you're on more than likely. You're not going to shift like onto a whole other river you're, without making a bunch of transitions in between. But it, they are your sign sometimes to wake up and pay attention. That's, that's definitely it. So if you, you know, outer intention, I guess, would be really observing and trying to interact with what's happening on everything outside of you. So in that case, yeah, I mean, it might be a call to action. So signs and things are definitely, they might be a call to action, but they might just be a call to pay attention yeah. and notice the shift and notice that things are changing. Yeah. Or it might be a sign to just be like, so hey, don't it go. It might be a call to action with intention. Yeah. 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 Or, or a call exactly. to and stop. And so that would, stop. again, I guess that would be outer <laughs> attention. It's a call to action. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You were coming yeah. up for a second there. But yeah. Um, but yeah, outer intention is generally, it's win, win, win. So you're, you're benefiting. Other people are benefiting. Um, and generally as he's kind of talking about this and it kind of is similar to frailing, uh, but in a larger sense so that you're like, what does the world need is really a good question from like the icky guy, you know? Um, so if you can kind of address that and find what you can provide 
to the, the marketplace is the best way to, that I can kind of think of it. It's like a, it's like a spirit. It's like a invisible hand. It's like a spiritual invisible hand. Uh, probably people don't like that. <clears throat> Rothbardians are going to love it. Um, <laughs> but not everybody likes that analogy, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the signs are definitely leading you to things that can be outer intention where you benefit and other people are going to benefit that, and the signs and sinks can also be just ways to uh, check the flow, right? Like a particular flow or a particular direction that you're going in. It just, it may be a dead end. And so you might see a sign or a sink that says, Hey, this is not, this is not the right way to fulfill your desire. You want to go around this obstacle, find a workaround, find something else. <clears throat> or a different way to kind of work through whatever uh, circumstances or challenges that you're navigating. Yeah, I think that's a good. A whirlpool or a, you know, embankment. Right, right, exactly. Find an eddy. You might want to find an eddy and just pull off to the side. <laughs> you pull off to the side of the river and take a minute and just like listen to the rustle of the morning stars, you know? Yeah. I like this. Uh, it's like connecting your heart and motivation to see what's needed externally. I think that's really well put. Yeah. Um, yeah, the signs are very interesting. Um, and one of the things that he talks a lot about is how your heart reacts to certain things, to certain experiences, and basically saying that you should check anytime you are making a decision and use your mind to ask your heart how it feels about the decision and whether it feels 100% yes, very, very binary. It's, it would seem the Russell of the morning stars, right? Like it's either a very strong resounding yes, or it's a no or it's a maybe, but maybe is no. Anytime that you kind have of reminds me of the whole energy testing thing, because really. Oh, oh, sorry. I think we have a lag. We do. We definitely have latency issues here. It's good. No, go ahead. I hope it doesn't sound bad on the live stream. <laughs> No, I was I say it reminds me of like energy testing though, like because we are so disconnected. One way that you can test anything is by asking, you know, yourself yes or no questions. And you can do the sway test or you can do the, you know, linked fingers or some people do it. Wait, I don't know, but it's the same idea. It's <laughs> um you ask yourself a question and yes, it'd be a strong answer, or no, it'd be a weak answer. And so but really, you should get good at just doing it without that, without having to test. But your energy testing is is asking your heart. I think that's really good, though. And for people who are, um, you know, just trying things out and trying to figure things out, the muscle testing is great. It's it's it really is. It can be very very helpful. And uh, and there are several different ways that you can muscle test you. Abby was just showing, uh, so, some of those, um, 
And yeah, I have found it to be very helpful. You can also use a pendulum, an actual pendulum, like mm-hmm. on a string yeah. and, and derive it that way. But yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree, right? Like we want to get to the point where we can just hear. Um, yeah. Without necessarily asking, but the body is the subconscious, right? The heart is the body. It is. Yeah. It so absolutely is. So if same. you sit there and ask it, you know, is my name Abby? Yes. Is my name Penelope? No. Like it's, it's, it knows. Yes. And you can do it with anything. You could ask it like all your embarrassing stuff and see how you actually feel because you, you might compartmentalize stuff, but I'm just saying it knows. It knows. And then often, even when we know, we know that we know, (laughs) we still argue about it with our mind. One of the things that uh, I've found that when I'm between a decision, somebody shared this with me years ago, is they said that flip a coin and if it lands on something and you're like, ah, I didn't like that, then you know, (laughs) then you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what you wanted. So you can kind of uh, yeah. oh, change yeah. your mind. You know? Well, I did that in a dream. Mm-hmm. Really? Like that's how I, um, I use dreaming to figure out if I wanted the job that I currently have or not, because it was offered to me and it wasn't within the wheelhouse of my degree. And I was like, you know, I don't, I just work so hard for my degree that, you know, it just doesn't feel like it's the right thing to do. But then I decided to ask my dream to tell me because I wasn't listening to my heart. I couldn't do that. I'm definitely up here person. So I, before I went to bed, I asked my dream to get with the intention to show me what I should do. And that night I dreamt that they offered the job to somebody else. And I was really disappointed and I was, I was very upset. So I woke up and I knew I was like, okay, yeah, I'm taking the job. I like, my heart is behind it. That's what is in my best interest. So that's another way to get better at listening to your, your heart is to actually just ask, set an intention for dreaming before you go to bed. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, to your point earlier, it is the whole point of this is finding the path of least resistance, right? Like nature finds the path of least resistance. Water flows downhill, right? Like the stream, the current, you, you can't not go with the current. You just want to navigate within that current in a way that's the most efficient and the most effective instead of fighting against it. So it's really about, being judicious and knowing how to conserve your energy and when to take action and when not to take action, when to stand by and allow things to unfold. Cause like the world meets you halfway. That's the point of transurfing. It's not this like manifestation, like conjuring this reality that you're going to create, you know, create. It's like every reality already exists in infinity. So what we want to be able to do is just navigate toward the reality that we want, right? Like it's already there in the space of alternatives. We want to highlight the sector that we want to experience and then begin to find the flow to that particular sector. Little bit by little bit, like the headlight. If you want something, you don't plead for it 
and you don't demand it, you just go ahead and get it. It's like the mail. I don't beg for it and I don't demand it. I just go out and get the mail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's like a moment in the, in this chapter where he's like, he even does like a little uh, riff on that where he's like, Oh, please dear Lord in heaven, give me the strength to go to the drive through to get <laughs> a cheeseburger or something. I don't remember what it is that he's asking, but he like puts it in this like prayer form, this like long form, like woe is me type of prayer. And it's like, do you see how absurd that is? Like that we would go to all those links. Why would God answer your prayers when you, yeah, yeah exactly. We don't, yeah. we don't plead exactly. for a newspaper. And nothing is any different in the space of alternatives than a newspaper. A newspaper has the same energetic weight as does a bulldozer, as does a, you know, uh, anything like that. It's all the same. It doesn't matter. It's dream vacation, yeah. a dream vacation, a cruise, a million dollars, like whatever that winds up being like, they're not really any different. They're only different in our minds because of the amount of importance that we attach to it. They have the same energetic weight. It's like what weighs more. And then there's that word importance, which does what? Yeah. Yeah. Which creates a distortion. Invites balancing forces. And then. Yeah. Squashes what it is that you are trying to get. Right. Knocks you on your ass. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I like this chapter a lot. It's really good. It's very, like I said, it's very abstract, but we have to learn how to navigate with the flow ourselves. Like, what is the universe trying to tell us? There, and we're the only ones who can interpret those signs. We're not like what one, like you, we can obviously we can share experience and talk about extraordinary phenomenon and, and things like that. And that's great and very helpful. But in the moment, like me reading the signs, I have to be able to do that. No one can do that for me. I have to be able to figure it out. I have to be able to interpret it. Yeah. And my interpretation and my signs are going to be different. Like I know certain people who have certain things that happen as patterns where those are their signs that they've noticed over time happening over and over again. Whereas, you know, somebody else might not have any patterned sign that they've seen over and over again. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So it's really about taking that space, like shutting down the mind, finding ways to do that, going for a long drive, going for a long walk, sitting in meditation, you know, relaxing, treading water in a pool, doing yoga whatever. It doesn't matter. Like any of those things can be different for you. It, it doesn't have to be meditation, right? Like I, I use meditation because it, it helps me, but it doesn't have to be that, but just how can you begin to shut your mind off a little bit and allow yourself to hear the internal whisperings, the rustle of the morning stars, rustle like a leaf and morning star, like a very bright light, but it's quiet, but it's bright. Castaneda would say, learn the not doings, but there's a lot of not doings, but not doings shut your mind off while you're 
doing things. <laughs> sounds sounds ironic, but it's while you're consciously awake and there's little things that are called not doings, but it shuts your mind off so you can listen to your heart. Yeah, 100%. And you can see things that you wouldn't normally see. Oh, yeah, there was this one. This is good. Importance and means you might pray for the cheeseburger if you haven't got the coins to buy it. What means do you need to get what you want? What talents? What can you do to up your chances? Search down the back of the sofa for some coins, at least. Yeah, there's that one thing that he says in this chapter where he's like, he's talking about this guy who's like praying for to win the lottery, you know, and he's praying to God to win the lottery. And then God's like, the least you could do is go buy a ticket, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you gotta go get off your ass and try at least, you know, and do yeah. the thing. You can't just expect it to come from nowhere. You gotta, you gotta take some sort of an action, but the world does come to you as you go toward it. And that is part of that. Uh, least the path, that path of least resistance. Let's see. I find a few concepts contradicting in two books. Well, there's probably more than a few. RT says, choose your internal goal from the heart. Tufty simply asks to choose the film role. I'm someone who doesn't know the goal yet. Okay, so someone who doesn't know the goal yet, you're in luck because you get to have a lot of fun and play and see what you like. And uh, that's something that's uh, so that's something that I wish I would have done more because <clears throat> I was like in a hurry. I got to find my goal. I got to figure it out. And I recommend enjoying <laughs> um, the pursuit of finding that goal and figuring that out and in by testing those, those things. Um, choose the film role is more like the uh, sort of how. Um, and then RT says, choose your internal goal from the heart. And I, I don't, I don't know if that's really a, a contradiction as much as it is a, a, a place where your goal materializes from and then an action step in order to materialize the goal itself. If that makes sense. I don't know. What do you think, Abby? Still comes down to choose the word. The key word is choose. And it does see tough to teaches you slightly different method, but it's no different. You always have to have coordination of heart and mind to get to your goal anyway. So without the coordination of heart and mind, it doesn't matter if you choose the film role, you're not going to get it. So it's always about knowing that it's there and knowing that it exists. And, and then, yeah, choosing from a place where, cause you, again, like one thing you can never choose is money because your heart, could give a shit about money. Your heart cares about it. The experiences that might come with money, but you'll never manifest it with just, just your head. So you have to do something that would be a result that would result in money. You know, that that'd be a more likely goal. So the idea, it's still the same. You still have to have heart in, in it without heart doesn't matter if you choose a film role, you're not going to get the film role. Yeah. I mean, he does say later that you could, you know, choose someone else's goal, but like the difficulty of actually pulling that off is probably not worth it. Um, you know, the point of the point of these books is, and to you're really, not going to be happy with it. Right. You want to be aligned, right? Like you want to, 
get the thing that actually belongs to you, not the thing that belongs to somebody else. And so, <clears throat> you know, I recommend starting with RT and reading Tufty after if, uh, if you're kind of newer to mm -hmm. the, I, the, to the books, like Tufty out of context without a solid foundation and trans surfing is probably not going to make as much sense as it will with a strong foundation and reality transurfing first. That's just my opinion. I agree. Incredible like, books, but yeah, Tufty is by far my favorite, but it's still, it's not a standalone. You have to understand the concepts of how reality works first. Yeah. Which got the Bible. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this just gives such a solid foundation, right? Uh, Tufty is really a manifestation book, and reality transurfing is more about self-knowledge, understanding uh, the mechanics, too, of how reality works and us in context with it. And then Tufty's like a hard lesson of once you have an idea, once you know your goal, then Tufty will help you. But if you don't know your goal yet, I recommend sticking to, to the rainbow book until just because, you know, that's part of the fun. And like I said, enjoy not knowing what your goal is yet. He says that's totally fine. And it's also something that can be joyous to explore and it'll be fun when you figure it out, you know, I was very impatient about that, but that's fun. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not ready to be on that chapter yet. <laughs> it's coming. Now I'm going to rethink about it, but I'm like, I don't know if you always have like a one set goal or door. I think that there's, you have many doors, maybe there's many doors. But, so I've had to read the chapter. I've had doors open up for me where I'm just like, are you serious? Like this door is standing fucking wide open. Nobody, nobody wants this door. No, anybody. Are you guys sure? And then people are just like, no, nah, man, go ahead. And I'm like, all right. I just walk right through the door, you know, like it's insane. Yeah. And I'll go into more depth about that when we get to there. Uh, and video I got coming out in a couple of days. I talk a little bit about that, but not really the doors itself, but yeah, you'll, you'll know it when the door is standing wide open, you'll just be like, that's a wide open door. <laughs> and that door will lead you to the same place more or less, right? Like the definitely the same emotional place, the same essence of whatever it was that you're looking for. It's just a, kind of a roundabout way that you didn't expect to get to that thing, you know? <clears throat> For me, it's like, so yeah, for me, like comedy is something that I've been pursuing for a while and I'm enjoying the process and the door to produce shows was standing wide open and no one else wanted to walk through it. No one else wants to do the things or, you know, at the, at the time, I guess I should say, or and I'm just like, well, this is standing wide open. I can walk through this door because it's not really nobody wants 
nobody in comedy really wants to be uh, the person who puts on all the shows and produces stuff. But if you give a lot of opportunities to people and if you create opportunities and you produce things, now you're creating value actively for a community. So who do you think is going to be appreciative of that? Anybody who comes through and, and does those things. So you're actively creating value in that particular sector, that particular community or whatever. So it's going to have results, especially if you can fold that in with outer intention and give people on both sides what it is that they're looking for. And then you also get to put yourself up. So instead of me having to drive all over to all these different open mics, I can just put myself on my show, do a guest spot or host, and I don't have to, you know, drive all over the place and do all these other spots. And then when I say, Hey, I'm looking to, I'm coming to this town or I'm going over here, I'm going to be here. And people are like, yeah, hop on, do a guest spot. So I don't know. That's one particular door that was just like standing wide open for me, um, in comedy. Um, and you know, it's not a, not even a, not even a big deal, but it's something that you start out and then you, it grows into something else. And then all of a sudden over time, you get bigger and bigger opportunities and, um, yeah. What is it that, what is it that you, it's back to the icky guy, I guess, you know, if you're looking for your goal, I recommend looking into the icky guy. I've got some of that uh, some of that stuff as well in the path of purpose course talking about, which is on my Patreon for five bucks, you know, so you can kind of like go through that and kind of get an idea of what your goal might be <clears throat> or what your purpose might be. Um, I kind of think of it that way, but I like the goal thing too, because it doesn't seem so precious. It's like, it's just a goal. It's not, it's not something that you have to. It's not your life's purpose that you right. have to. That's so much important. And make so everything important. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So much importance in that whole idea of purpose. But it's like but, you can but, have many goals and many doors. A hundred percent. And you can have many purposes too, to be honest. Like, but you start with like a core purpose and then you move into more I, I deeper and deeper purposes. Audio. <laughs> oh. But yeah, we will talk about that more when we get into doors and goals. And now you're muted, Abby. But I think we're, I think we're at a place where we can wrap this thing up. We're an hour in, and we're having some technical stuff, so we'll wrap it up. Um, I have. Um, okay, there <laughs> we go. So we got you back. No, we got you back. That's good. Yeah. I like this fun hobbies and free time. Okay, I don't know this. what's going on with my audio. Okay. I can hear you. You sound good, but I guess you can't hear me. Um, fun hobbies and free time. Enjoyment are always clues approaching it from there instead of as a money making or singular purpose thing. I really like that. That's good. And we will talk about this more in depth for sure. As we kind of continue down uh, into these chapters. Um, but yeah. It's uh, I, I strongly recommend check out the icky guy 
for me, purpose really has to do more with essence than anything else. And Abby's having issues. That's okay. We're going to wrap it up. Um, we, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about intention, which is one of Abby's favorite chapters, talking about dreaming, talking about intention, talking about heart and mind a little bit more in depth. We've kind of introduced those concepts this week and hopefully that's been helpful. I really appreciate everybody here in the chat. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us, for sharing, for asking questions and commenting and doing all of those uh, engaging type of things with us and with each other. And uh, I really appreciate it. Um, we're doing this every single week on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm having audio issues, so I'm not trying to interrupt, but I just want to let you know that I can't hear anything. So, okay, well we're we're wrapping it up. We're I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up, uh, Abby. No worries. Um, thank you all so much. <laughs> I've got I've got a couple things coming out. I've got a, a video on Thursday. Please check that out. I think it'll be really helpful, and hopefully it's uh, insightful. And um, check out the. Transserving summary. I've got that. That's on my webpage, bootsagreenwood.com. And um, yeah, I'm going to be uh, going on tour. I'll be in Texas. I'll be in Florida. I'll be in Louisiana beginning of April. So if you're in any of those places, shoot me a message. Love to hear from you. Love to say hi, maybe grab a coffee, uh, maybe come see me do some comedy or just hang out. Much love, everybody. We appreciate it. Have a wonderful night and we will talk to you very soon. All right. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.